0: Welcome to the Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 128 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's show, I'm talking about flat feet, specifically how to tell if you have flat feet, the anatomy of the arches of the feet, and my best flat foot fixes. You just got to say that about 17 (laughs) times fast. So why are we talking about flat feet? Well, here's something I didn't know before I started doing the research for today's show, but almost 75% of Americans will experience foot problems at one time or another in their lives. I'm actually one of those 75% of people. I used to have plantar fasciitis. I had custom orthotics. It was creating knee pain, back pain, the whole rigmarole, been there and done that. I don't have plantar fasciitis anymore. It's not something I worry about. If ever my feet feel fatigued, I know exactly how to do mobility and take care of my feet. We're going to talk about that today. And what I really want you to walk away from today's episode is the confidence and understanding about the feet so that if you do have a diagnosis like flat feet, or you do have pain in your arches, or you do have pain in your heels, you know that there is something that you can do. Because once you understand the structure and the anatomy of what's going on, once you have that information and that understanding, you can make better decisions about what the best next step is for you. And foot issues are super, super common, but just because they're super common, are they normal? And that's what we're going to dive into today. So first of all, let's figure out if you have flat feet or not, and you're going to want to do this barefoot. You just look at your feet. Do your arches seem totally flat? Which I know is like, really, really is that simple. Yes, it is that simple. And so if you look at the arch on the inside edge of your foot, does it seem as though that part is in contact with the floor? And maybe it's just one foot and the other is not that way. Is there a difference from side to side? These are all things that you're observing. Is your big toe in alignment with your arch or is there a slight bend? right? Could you draw a straight line from like the back of your foot forward and would it cross through your arch and your big toe? Or does the arch kind of spill over that line and make it more of like a bendy type shape? If it does, then perhaps you have flat feet. And if you were to see the back of your foot, maybe you have someone take a picture or you set your phone up and take a picture of yourself. Is it a straight line down the back of your calf and into your heel? Or again, instead of a straight line, is there a little bit of bend to it where the arch is almost kind of collapsing towards the floor? And because of that, that Achilles tendon, instead of being straight down, has more of like a C curve shape to it. Now, again, right? You might have flat feet. You might not have flat feet. You might have one of these. You might have all of these. Um, And before you freak out, the most important question is, do you have pain? All in all, I wouldn't really be super concerned if you have flat feet and you don't have pain, but either way, you're going to know how to get stronger feet so that you can start feeling better sooner. And if you're still not sure if your feet are flat, if you also experience feet that get tired super easily, especially when you're barefoot, if that just is not an option, if you experience uh, pain in your arches or pain in your heels, if you find it hard to stand on your toes, especially again, when barefoot, uh, or if you're experiencing leg or back pain, then everything I'm talking about in today's episode is still for you. So when it comes to the arches of the feet, you actually have three arches. There's what's called the medial longitudinal arch. And this is the arch along the inside of the foot that we most commonly think of when we think of the foot arch or the arch of the foot. Then opposite to that, on the outside edge of your foot, you have what's called the lateral longitudinal arch. And this is, it runs about the same length as the medial longitudinal, right? So the medial is all along the inside of the foot. The lateral longitudinal is all along the outside of the foot. It's not as prominent, uh, but structurally it's still considered an arch of the foot. And the purpose of it we'll talk about in just a moment. And then underneath the ball of your foot, you have what's called the transverse arch. And so all of these arches help to act like a spring uh, to really help distribute the weight of your body as you are moving. And the arches are made up by the bones of your feet and the structure there. There's actually four small bones in your foot called tarsals. And they're really similar in function to the carpals in your wrist. And honestly, your feet are structurally similar to your hands. It's as if all of your fingers are wrapped up in fascia and that's what your feet are like. So the fact that we wear shoes and socks 24-7, 365, and then we're like, oh, my feet are so sensitive and they are super weak and I have pain, but I don't know why. I'm not surprised, right? Imagine if you just wore mittens 24-7, what would happen to your hands? When I was in university, I had an exercise biology professor who was just like, just wait, you guys, once winter comes and you try to lock up your bike with mittens on, you're going to be really, really, really confused. And I was like, what is he talking about? What? So I went to school in Davis and Davis has a winter. Those of you who don't live in California are laughing at me right now, but it got down into the I think it was like 50 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, which as a Los Angeles girl, I was freezing. Um, So I would ride my bike to campus and then you would have gloves on because your hands would be cold and then you get to class and you got to lock up your bike. I literally couldn't do it with gloves on because my hands and my brain didn't know how to function in that way. And so I share this story with you because our feet are somewhat similar, right? We say, oh, they're so sensitive. I can't go barefoot, you know, being barefoot hurts. But is it maybe because they've spent so long in shoes and the actual like natural state of our feet isn't to be covered in shoes and socks all the time? I'm just going to plant that seed now. We're going to talk more about it later. But again, just think what would happen to your hands if you wore mittens 24-7? And just like if your hands aren't currently in a mitten shape, just just join me here for a moment. (laughs) So like I said, the purpose of the arches of the feet are to act like a spring so that your feet don't hit the ground like concrete blocks. They instead dynamically respond to the surface you're walking on. If you are a runner, honestly, just a person moving about the, moving about the world. Um, you know, the difference in your stride when you're walking on a soft surface, like maybe you're at a park or something and it's like a softer packed dirt. And then you hit the concrete right away. Your body's like, Whoa. And then there's that slight adjustment period. Um, that's your feet responding dynamically to your environment. And the arches are helping to distribute your body weight with gravity as you move through space. And they do this with the tissues and structures of the foot. So something called the plantar fascia, right? So the plantar fascia is this thick connective tissue that's on the bottom of your foot. And together, when you walk, it creates something called the windless effect. So as you're walking, especially when you're walking right over your big toe, and there's that little bit of stretch on the back foot as you walk, this puts the entire bottom of your foot and all of the tissues there, including the plantar fascia, on a little bit of a stretch. And fascia is elastic. Now there's you know different amounts of elasticity to it, but just think of it as somewhat like a rubber band, and it has this recoil. So as you walk in the plantar fascia, as your big toe right, bends in your back foot as you're walking. Again, hope you're joining me with this. That puts the plantar fascia on stretch, and then the plantar fascia wants to spring back to its original shape. Fascia, specifically the deep fascia that your plantar fascia is made up of, has fibers in it called elastin and collagen. And this allows it to act almost like a slinky. So it wants to return to its original shape. And that rebound of your plantar fascia and other tissues of your foot is part of what helps to propel your body forward with less energy as you walk. Your body's all about efficiency. And instead of having to exert energy through muscular effort every time you walk, there's some things like the windless effect in the plantar fascia that help to make it a less energetically costly experience but it's a big but i even put in all capital letters in my notes this effect is diminished if you're not moving over your toes as you walk so if you are always walking with your feet turned out or if you're rolling over the knuckle of the big toe or if your shoes are super restrictive right? Maybe you have very stiff-soled shoes or a narrow toe box. All of those things can affect not only how the foot works, the strength of the feet, and the arches as well. So your feet, they're very, very, very important. Like most busy, active people, I don't have time to waste during my workout. I need my workouts to be efficient, effective, and to the point. So if your performance feels like it's been dragging and your energy is nowhere to be seen, I've got just the thing to help. Perform from the Amino Company is an amino acid-based formula that's three times more effective on a gram-by-gram basis than any other protein source. And it'll improve peak strength and endurance levels during your workout. It helps me complete my workouts without feeling exhausted and with more energy and better focus. Perform is designed for endurance, focus, and strength, and it's based on actual science. I kid you not, the research on amino acids and performance enhancements is well-documented with hundreds of studies demonstrating how well they work. Just one scoop of Perform about 30 minutes before your workout will help boost athletic performance, increase peak physical strength and endurance, and improve focus and concentration. And right now, you'll save 30% off when you use the code BODYNERD at checkout. Just head on over to aewellness.com slash amino. You'll see all the research studies plus save that 30%. Again, the code is bodynerd and head on over to aewellness.com slash amino, A-M-I-N-O. All right, back to the show. And I want you to think of the arches in two ways, right? There's the bones that create the structure and the shape of the arch due to the actual shape of the bones, the shape of those tarsals that I talked about but they're supported and moved and stabilized by the muscles and use it or lose it always applies. So then the question is right. Chicken and egg, which came first were flat feet. Like, is that how we're born or are flat feet, a result of how feet are being used? Now, one of my really good friends just had a baby and her baby is about 12 weeks old now. And little Luna's feet look a lot different than 99.9% of the shoes on the market. And those of you who have had kids or no kids have siblings, right? You can look at their feet and notice how they have a very wide toe box, right? Or a very wide um, transverse arch, if you will instead of that narrow one, like most adult shoes are, or how maybe even your feet look. Your feet are your foundation and how your feet respond to your environment while you're walking is affecting how your nervous system and every joint in the rest of your body responds. And so are there some people who maybe have, you know, already inherently flat feet? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. There is no like one perfect foot shape that everybody is going to have. And one perfect arch height, like, oh, your arch should be three centimeters. Like there's nothing like that. But I just want to have you again, plant the seed that our foot shape and what the shape of the shoes are that are available in the market are not always congruent. I shared with you the baby foot story so that you remember right where we came from, how we started, how feet look before they are walked upon. Because once you start walking, what also happens is you start wearing shoes. And if you're thinking, is she going to just throw all my shoes under the bus? I am a little bit. Okay, I am. (laughs) Because your feet are a part of your sensory system. And they are constantly giving information back to your brain about what you're walking on, how you should be walking, what your gait should be like. But that sensation, that sensory abilities are diminished when we wear socks and shoes. And again, I say this knowing full well, it is not possible for everyone to be barefoot 24 seven. I myself, am not barefoot 24 seven in the winter. Of course, (laughs) every time I say winter too, I laugh at myself. I know I live in Los Angeles. This isn't really winter, but it drops below 70 degrees and I get cold. I'm sorry. Okay. If you live in a real winter place, just roll your eyes at me and let's just keep on going. But when it's cold outside, right, you need to put stuff on your feet to protect them. That's absolutely fine. But when we are home, when we have the option, right, even if at work you have to wear stiff soled protective shoes or boots or steel toe boots or something like that, when you get home, this is the time to do your foot recovery. This is the time to help your feet and your body improve the sensory ability and capacity of your feet. So that your feet can be that foundation that is strong and supportive and helps to, again, give your brain information about how you're moving about the world. But I think the real question that we're here for, right, are what are the best flat foot fixes? What do I do now that I understand that flat feet are a thing that it might be because of my environment and how I'm using my feet? What can I do So remember, the bones create the arches. They create that structure, but it's really the muscles and fascia that are responsible for the support. So things like your plantar fascia. There are muscles that are also called intrinsic, meaning they're just within the foot. And then you have extrinsic muscles, meaning they cross over the ankles. So things like your tibialis anterior that's coming down the front of your shin and anchoring into your arch, that is helping to support the arch, but is more of an extrinsic muscle. It's going to make sense in a moment. Um, also, your tibialis posteriors coming down the back of your leg and into your arch versus right, the flexors of your toes. Or my favorite muscle group, it's called the lumbricals. And these are muscles that are actually in between the long bones of the foot. So when it comes to strengthening your feet, functional foot strength is going to be your best bet. And what does that actually mean? So not just towel scrunches, but actually building strength in your feet in a way that lets you move smarter throughout your day, right? So remember, there's muscles just within the foot, but there's also muscles that are in the lower leg, cross at the ankle, and come into the foot. So we can't just look at the arch if flat feet are a thing, if you're having foot pain, if you're having arch pain, heel pain, whatever. And also, chances are, if you are having issues with your arches, you probably also have tight calves. They're all connected. So make sure you're also looking at calves. And you're also looking at the rest of the body as well. So that again is what functional means. So when you're doing your foot mobility work, be barefoot practice balancing on one foot. Try not to let your arch collapse. Think about pressing through all of the foot, not just leaning into the outside edge of the foot or the inside edge of the foot. You can hold onto a wall if you need. By all means, use the support. You maybe use a chair, but see if you can start to build up the barefoot strength of your foot to support you in standing. And yes, I am balancing on one foot as I talk to you right now calf raises are another easy way to build up foot strength. And I'm going to link to my foot pain playlist from YouTube in the description of this episode. You can also head on over to aewellness.com slash podcast and find episode 128, and you can get all of those links as well. Uh, But there's a number of exercises you can do. Be barefoot, practice, and mix it into what you're already doing right? So when I brush my teeth at night, sometimes I balance on one foot just because brushing your teeth, I find it to be really boring. Not gonna lie. Uh, So that gives me something else to think about and something else to do. When you're waiting in line at the grocery store, right? You could work on calf raises. When you are talking to your neighbor, maybe you have a curb there and you can do some calf raises there. There's other ways to bring it into just your day-to-day. If you're like, yeah, but Alex, if I'm doing it outside, I got shoes on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But at least you're doing it, okay? But again, don't get stuck in the foot vacuum. Your feet have to support your legs, your hips, and your entire body. So a full body mobility program that's going to help you address all of these areas is going to be ideal. And P.S., that is exactly what the Mobility Mastery Toolkit does. So you can head on over to aewellness.com slash toolkit to learn more about that. So let's talk about shoe types. Because What you put on your feet matters. Remember, baby feet and the way they are shaped. Ideally, we want shoes that are shaped like feet. And unfortunately, these types of shoes, they are always like really weird colors, right? They're either like plain black or like bright blue or neon orange. So if you know of any like normal colored and shaded barefoot style shoes, please do let me know. Send me a message on Instagram and let me know. What you're looking for is something that is called zero drop. And what that means is there is a zero millimeter difference between your heel and the ball of your foot. So most shoes, honestly, I would say pretty much every shoe, unless you have specifically found a zero drop or barefoot style shoe, has a little bit of lift between the heel and the ball of the foot. And what happens then is that windless effect that I talked about with the stretch of the plantar fascia that's impacted and it's not as intense or as supportive as it could be. Plus, your calf, because the heel is slightly higher, it's like you're in a mini high heel 24-7, and that can also impact the tension of the plantar fascia, as well as the flexibility of your calf. So if you have tight calves and your shoes do have that little bit of lift, start to look for a closer match of that drop. So don't go straight to zero millimeters if your shoe right now has a higher lift. Just gradually work your way there, and maybe in a year or two, right, then you You finally graduate to barefoot shoes. The other thing you're looking for is a wide toe box. So something that allows your toes to and that transverse arch to have the full amount of space that it needs. I ride my exercise bike, I have a stationary bike out in the garage, and I bought cycling shoes so that I could get more efficient and you know have the equipment and feel like I could go super fast on my bike but spin shoes, my goodness, are made for the most narrow of narrow feet. And I knew this going into it. I didn't want to spend a ton of money on something that I only do a few times a week. So I thought, Oh, let me cut some corners here and just buy a regular run of the mill shoe. My feet fall asleep every time I ride my bike. And I have tried playing around with moving the cleat on the bottom. I have tried loosening up the tension. And I still have yet to quite figure it out because right, your feet swell a little bit as they get hot, definitely as you're exercising and they're stuck in this teeny, tiny, tiny little shoe. (laughs) So look for something with zero drop and a wide toe box. And this isn't to say that you can't ever wear shoes or you can't ever wear super narrow spin shoes, but a majority of your time spent in shoes should allow your feet the opportunity to get stronger right? So we're going to wear shoes. Again, I don't go outside barefoot. I live in Los Angeles. There's dogs. It's dirty. It's gross. But when you have a shoe with a more flexible sole that allows your foot to move and allows those structures to do what they were designed to do, your feet then have that opportunity to get stronger. There's a super interesting study out of Harvard that was published in 2018. I will link to it in the description as well that looked at the difference in foot strength between people who tend to wear minimal footwear versus those who wear conventional shoes. And so they looked at 75 men from the southwestern part of the state of Chihuahua, Mexico, who wear sandals more than five days a week. And these are like super barefoot sandals, similar to earth runners here in the States. I think they're called huaraches. And then they compared that to 26 men from urban and suburban Areas in the United States who wear just typical, you know, American style shoes, sneakers, etc. So, not sandal wearing. And their results suggested that the use of conventional modern shoes is associated with weaker intrinsic foot muscles. So, those muscles that are just within the foot were weaker in the people who wore conventional shoes. And that weakness may predispose you to having reduced foot stiffness and then that potentially flat foot. So again, is it the foot that has some structural defect? Maybe, but chances are it may be the footwear and how you are using your foot throughout your day. The other thing about footwear to think about is variety. So variety is super, super key. If you wear the same shoes all the time and you're having issues, try switching it up. Again, I'm not saying go straight to barefoot shoes tomorrow, but maybe cycle them through. I cycle through shoes depending on what I'm doing, which lets my shoes last a little bit longer and gives my feet more variety. So I might wear my house slippers or like Birkenstocks. As I'm talking to you now, I'm standing here barefoot. I have a mat that I stand on that has a little bit of cushion. I stand on that barefoot, sometimes with the Birkenstocks. I have some like super inexpensive, Slip on sandals I got from Target that I wear if I'm taking out the trash or something like that, just something quick. I have barefoot sandals if I'm going a longer walk. I have tennis shoes. I have workout shoes. It's a lot of shoes, I know, but my point being is try for variety if you can, right? And maybe you already do. You have a sneaker, you have a sandal, maybe you have a winter boot. Just if you're wearing the same shoe all the time and you're having problems, think of ways to get more variety. And it may mean it's not variety throughout your day. Maybe you do. You have a work boot and steel toe boot with a stiff sole that you have to wear for work fine. Then when you get home, make sure you're letting your feet get their time to breathe and stretch. And you're working on the mobility of your foot, maybe rolling on a small tennis ball or a small like bouncy ball or something to get that mobility into your foot. And then working on your strengthening and balancing exercises. Like I talked about on that foot pain playlist, you can bring variety into this by footwear or just by action right? So you could wear those same shoes all day and then come home and spend a few minutes working on your feet. And I promise you, it's going to make such a difference for how your feet feel. And of course, don't forget the rest of your body, right? Especially not your hips. Another study I found looked at the effect of strengthening the hips along with the feet. And what they found is the group that strengthened both the gluteus maximus and the abductor halysis, which is a muscle that helps to move your big toe and it runs the length of your medial longitudinal arch. Those who did both had better outcomes when they were looking at navicular drop. Navicular is one of the bones in your arches. So they were looking at how the arch falls when you do hip and foot strengthening versus when you just did foot strengthening. And the group who did both, right, foot and hip strengthening, had better outcomes. So this is another strong argument for that functional strength I was talking about because nothing exists in a vacuum or can be isolated. So I could do toe scrunches or towel scrunches, right, but when when i'm walking down the street those towel scrunches there's nothing about walking that is mimicking towel scrunches so doing things that set you up so that you can almost like get out of the way of your body and allow it to do what it was designed to do right things like footwear or working on your mobility and your strength can allow your body to work functionally right as it was designed And really the best fix is to reset yourself back to neutral, then train your body how to move better and how to better sense when you're out of alignment. And then you just get out of the way and let your body do what it's designed to do. So now that we have some ideas of what to do about flat feet, right? We know how to figure out if you have flat feet, but even more importantly, what the arches do and how to strengthen them. And you're going to strengthen them with some of those foot exercises that I talked about. Again, go to aewellness.com podcast or check out the description of today's show to see the foot pain playlist. Change up your shoes if you can. Don't forget to strengthen your hips, but definitely start to do some barefoot strengthening for your feet. So I want to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway from today's episode? What made you go "oh"? Or flip that light bulb and got like the little light bulb icon above your head? Let me know. Take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this. Tag me on Instagram. Drop me a line over on the Body Nerd Hotline. You can leave a voicemail there. That number is eight one eight. Three nine six six five zero one. Or, like I said, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Holla And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the body nerds group, and all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And thank you for listening and for subscribing and reviewing, for sharing this episode with someone who needs to hear it. I so, so, so appreciate you. And those of you who left reviews this week, it truly made my week thank you. Really, really appreciate it. And thanks for listening because the Body Nerd Show has been on the podcast charts in a number of countries this week and this month, and I owe it entirely to you. So thanks for being here. So here's asking better questions, moving more, spending more time barefoot, and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week.